Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, everybody. I'm delighted to talk about the Forest match with Jack Mac LFC and with Nigel. And um, yeah, it's uh, uh, Jack. I mean, it's the day after we beat Nottingham Forest. How how the devil are you feeling about it all? Yeah, thank you, Owen, for having me on. Um, yeah, I spoke quite in depth with you yesterday on the pods, and it was happy days. We got three points, but as we'll reminisce this evening, it's <laughs> as you said, they alluded to it's like Sunday league stuff, like the simple things. Liverpool struggled in certain elements of our game, which has been quite a, a big factor this season. But yeah, it, it was still a, a lot of quality. To, uh, on show, mate. But most important thing for me was we come away from that game with three points and hopefully just building on a bit more of the momentum that we showed, it, uh, especially off the back of the Arsenal results. And of course, obviously, the other results as well last week. So positive, mate. Uh, we just got to keep on plodding along and uh, hopefully we get something at the end of it the season. Hopefully, hopefully indeed. Hopefully we do. Uh, we did talk about that on Jack's channel. Do do subscribe to Jack's channel when you're here. While you're here, at Jack Mac LFC on Twitter. Do check it out. It's great stuff, everybody. Great stuff. Speaking of great stuff, Nigel's back. Great to have you with us again, Nigel. Absolutely lovely. Are you are you uh, still, you know, uh really happy about the win? Is it are you have you has it sort of settled down into your mind as to some sort of concern about our defending are you happy about the you know how lethal Yogo Jota is suddenly looking yeah it's good to see him back <clears throat> you know he didn't need a lot of time yesterday you know he, he, he just he, he just looked like the old Jota again he just you know no messing um back puts on the chest on the knee on the volley for his his goal his second his second goal our, our second goal his second goal was um was extremely fine and really really good you know just kind of popped it away really well good ball in as well but you could see if you look at the highlights again if you look at a kind of a close highlight of the box he's pointing into the space he points it telling Robbo where to put the ball and nobody just nobody went with it the man actually the defender actually backed away from him if you look at it again so yeah i'm glad to see it because my god we were the we were abysmal defending set pieces yesterday like in the second half the first half we were okay but the second half what happened we just kept giving away like these throws and then like kicking the ball out of play but it was unnecessary to be kicking the ball out of play. I think Allison did it once, and then it was just kind of we were kind of putting in tackles then. And in fairness to the guy, he had a he had a huge throw, and it does cause problems. But like we kind of made them they were of our own making, starting off because we put the, we put ourselves under pressure with bad uh, with bad play and and giving the ball and conceding space to them. You know we've got to hold on to the ball better. All the all the things are coming from our own midfield, and um, we've got to be more secure with the ball and, and use it better. So that's that's it, it's good to come out of there with three points. But by God, there are issues. There, there there are issues, but 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 I'm looking at the positives, Jack, because because we did manage to hang on and hang in there, and you know that both of their goals were double deflection lucky. But uh, I'll bring that bring up a shot map in a moment of what. Of what happened, uh, you know, in in each box. Um, but I'm looking at the positives because it was one of those ones where you you had to grind out a win, and you know, in the first half, Forest were predictably deep, and you know, seven defenders most of the time, seven defenders, and most of them were compact. Um, so I don't know. To come out of it with three points is heartening, or are you like Nigel as well? You're a little bit concerned because uh, it was also, you know, like uh, 
awful, terrible stuff. It was like my my auntie's lasagna, like overcooked, um, disgusting, melty, defending in in the second half. Who wants cheese and the wrong kind of cheese? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was the perfect example of what is to come and what we've very much faced. Remember, a Sheffield United side in the Premier League, they were. I remember Junior when I them um, getting that most important goal in terms of winning our league. You get this with teams, <clears throat> and we all knew the approach in which Forest were going to come to to Anfield. They were, they're not going to play expansive football like a Brentford or Brighton. But I'm hoping that we do use this as a we pin this result and this performance really exactly going into next year because. Obviously, every element and every facet of the game yesterday, um, it could have easily, we could have easily have kept our heads down and been quite negative, obviously. But what I loved the most was the reaction from the team. Um, I was doing a watch along and we were all like, oh, we score and then we concede. But the, the, the relentless nature of that side yesterday, it, it's very much a... A marker for not just this season but going into next season as well. I love most we've mentioned Jotted anyway, but uh, and, and I've criticized him this season and I'll hold my hands up as well. It, it, it's I want him to succeed and he's doing, especially over the last two games, he's doing what Jotted does best and that's sticking the ball in between two goalposts anyway. He's lethal, he's clinical, and it's great that we've got. <laughs> A different variety of attacking forwards. Uh, you look at Gakpo, you look at Jota, and you look at Nunes. Three completely different forwards for different opposition going into next season and the back end of this year. But yeah, it was the relentless nature. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be going in a full time and the lads and Hendo and going, that's it, boys. Where's that attitude been all season? Yes, you'd have your setbacks. Of course, we've had a lot of setbacks this season. But there's still a lot to play for. You've just got to keep on. We've got to keep on doing what we're doing. And if we get fourth, we get fourth. If we don't, we don't. Um, um, as Ibu said a couple of weeks ago, if we don't get to a fourth or European competition, we know our objectives make the players a lot more hungry than we've seen this season. But yeah, it's it was the reaction that I, I loved the most. Yes, you miss. There, yeah, there were a lot of things to, to love as well as a lot of things to hate. It was a very curious game. Um, great to have Gary in the chat. Tally ho, Gary! He called it a Benny Hill second half, which is a very good description. Uh, Redbird is in the chat as well. Good evening, Redbird. And uh, yeah, Alan is in the in the chat. Um, and Alan, we're going to talk about this right now. He never thought someone on the wing would pass God as the leading scorer for Liverpool in the Premier League. Um, we're going to bring up the, 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 the some of the stats uh, as we go, but we're going to start with Mo Salah, yeah, because Mo Salah, um, Jack, going back to you, Mo Salah, his consistency is really something very, very special. I do have a, a graphic here somewhere. I'm going to have to find it again uh, about, uh, yeah, just just how, how mad... Um, like Mo Salah, I've got to bring it up. But anyway, he's he's somewhere around fourth in in Europe for goals and assists this season. Um, he's he's quietly having actually his second best season for us. But he's remarkable his consistency. And yes, as as Alan saying in the chat, to overtake 
Robbie Fowler. Mo Salah is, he's the best winger that I've seen. He's, he, I mean, obviously we can't compare him to Billy Liddell, who, uh, you know, people of the older generation will, will remember. Um, he was insanely good as well, by all accounts. But Mo Salah, his goals per games ratio is second only to one person. Do you know who? Who it is by any chance, Jack or Nigel? Rushy. Who that? No, oh, no, oh, not, oh, not in goals oh, per oh. game. Yeah, see, Rushy is a good, it's a good answer. Rushy had a, around about a goal every two point six games or something Saint like that. John Nigel, Hudson. do you know Gordon Hodgson? Gordon Hodgson, very good, exactly. So Gordon Hodgson is the only person who has a better goals per game ratio than Mo Salah, and Mo Salah's on the wing. Jack, it's crazy. Give me your some love. Show show your love to Mo. Mohamed Salah, a legend by every stretch of the mean. Um, hopefully in the next 50, 100 years, he's already etched his name in Liverpool folklore in the next songs to come anyway. I'll be telling my kids and my grandkids about this fella, how he's united Liverpool in so many areas as well of the football club of the city. It's He's special. I, I grew up on stories from my dad and my aunties and uncles of... The classic Stevie Highway on the wing. We have dreams and songs to sing. And a certain John Barnes down that left wing as well. And Salah has give my best years early Liverpool shirts. Um, of course, he's going to have a couple of bumps in the road. But what he's doing at the minute, I think once Salah does retire in the Premier League or retires, hopefully retires at Liverpool, shouldn't be going anywhere anywhere. At all, he'll be going down as one of Liverpool's greatest ever players. But what he's been doing consistently, as you said, there only he's not a f- striker. Yes, the modern day wingers, the inside forwards, left forwards, right forwards. But even still, he's bypassing. You sit there and watch it. Like it was that classic goal against Manchester City. It was it last season? Yeah, the the, the the I was very fortunate enough to be in my favourite Salah goal. Um, only because I was in the ground, uh, I was literally right behind it. As soon as he left, the boot left his foot. I had the perfect angle against Chelsea in the Premier League when we won 2 0. As soon as that ball left his foot, I was like, oh my, whoa, <laughs> it just swerved everywhere and went top ins. Um, obviously, his little chat with Steven Gerrard a couple of weeks ago as well, Leo. His son Stevie saying he's his hero, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's a bit mad considering dad Stephen Gerrard, but he is. Um, <laughs> Mo is special in every sense of the word, not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well. A beaming example, and still only at the age of 30, obviously, going to be turning 31 in June, but he's still got a lot of good years ahead of him to give to Liverpool Football Club, and hopefully, I'm hoping that we can not just for Mo's sake but for all of us. But a player like Mohamed Salah deserves a lot more in terms of his trophy haul. And he is at the forefront of all those future plans in the next couple of years. Yeah, we can do a, a quintuple next season when we get top four. Uh, and, uh, you know, that 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 will go some way to redressing the balance. Um, Nigel, you were the one who sent me this uh, tweet. It's from uh, Michael Reed on Twitter who tweeted this graphic out. Uh, and for the audio listeners, I'll just read it out to you, and then I'll I'll come to you, Nigel, with 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 your opinion on Mo because Mo Salah, LFC, all competitions, right? When it, when it came to us at the beginning of of 2017-18 season, so 2017-18, 52 appearances, 44 goals, and 14 assists. 
the 2018-2019 season, 52 appearances, 27 goals and 10 assists. The 2019-2020 season, 48 appearances, 23 goals, 13 assists. 2020-21, 51 appearances, 31 goals and 6 assists. 21-22 season, last season, 51 appearances, 31 goals, 15 assists. Yes. And this season so far, 2022-2023 season, 44 appearances, 27 goals and 11 assists. And Nigel, it's the last one as well as the first one that are the two most remarkable seasons for me because in the context of this season they get 27 goals and 11 assists from 44 games when the rest of the team they've been you know flitting between Jekyll and Hyde they've been beautiful they've been you know they've been uh they've been I don't know like uh they've been on on one hand they've been beautiful like Cameron Diaz in the mask and on the other hand they've been Anne Widdicombe but Mo Salah all the way along he's just been beautiful all season yeah let's go back let's go back 2000 summer 2017 we get linked with this fella at Fiorentina who was at Roma who was at Chelsea and everyone is saying it's a flop at Chelsea why are Liverpool interested in him we signed Mohamed Salah from Roma I think it was 36.4 million, something along those lines. And uh, everyone suddenly is on his back, a bit like the DR, the, the, the thing with uh, Darren Nunes. Flop at Chelsea, won't score goals, not good enough. Why are we paying that money? Why are Liverpool paying that money to sign him? A few seasons before, we had the same thing with Sadio Mane for 30 million from Southampton. And a few seasons before that, who is this 29 million fellow Liverpool are signing from Hoffenheim? So look at the stats. Scores on his debut against Watford, set up by Bobby. Breaks the all-time Premier League goal-scoring record of 31. Uh, in his fourth season, uh, basically, like uh, he wins the three golden boots. I, I, I lost count. Two. Yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's. It's. I think he might be level with. He was level with I think Aubameyang and Sadio Mane for one, and then he think he won two on his own. Definitely has one on his own. I think it's two though, and one shared. Um, just the consistency. We've got to go back. Look at Fowler. Fowler scored a lot of goals. Michael Owen never scored over twenty league goals for Liverpool in this season. He kept getting injured. I said this the other night on, on here. I think. Um, just his his lowest total is 23 goals I think it was 19 in the league that season 1920 we happened to win the league title that year um, season before we all know what we did uh, that season actually 1920 as well as winning the league we also won the World Cup Championship and the European Super Cup you know what I mean he's, he's just and he's been at the absolute forefront of everything that we've had. <clears throat> this coincides with success and the success that we've had since Klopp has been here like Bobby was there when Klopp came in already signed Sadio saw we were missing another man up front that might we need more goals basically signed Mo and he's just been ripping it apart who would have thought in summer 2017 he'd be after playing 298 games and scoring 183 goals and 69 assists that's incredible numbers for a guy who's not a striker like, it's madness it's yeah, truly he, no but it truly is sorry you, he went level yesterday with an absolute possibly uh, at, at least 
not with, with, with us not have see, haven't seen say Gordon Hodgson, Billy Little, some of the older guys might have, but not us. Uh, possibly the either the at least the second best goal scorer, the second best finisher that we would have seen in our lifetime in Robbie Fowler. Now I think Rushy is the best I've seen, but Robbie Fowler is second. He's just. Robbie Fowler had incredible figures. If you go back over the figures again and look at the, look at the, the ratio, like we were saying earlier on, Gordon Hodgson is the only one that had a better goal to the game ratio than Mo. So it's an incredible, incredible career so far, and long may it continue. Just You're absolutely incredible. Right. You're absolutely right. Um, one of my favourite Mo Salah stats is goals against Manchester United. Um, you know, to put it in context, uh, George Best, the great George Best, twenty appearances and seven goals against Liverpool. Um, they're, they're Manchester United's most uh, highest scorers against Liverpool, high, highest scorer against Liverpool is a guy yeah, called George George Wall, who had nine goals in 12 appearances. But Mo Salah, 12 appearances and 12 goals. It's totally crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack, who would you have in your five-a-side team? Would you have this guy, John Barnes, who's got a beautiful new mural and uh, for the audio listeners you heard him introducing cop on podcast which is always you know it's like one of the greatest honors of my entire life that john barnes did our intro but would you pick mo salah or our patron saint john barnes in your five side team oh sorry barnes if you're listening mate but i think barnes you would agree mo slightly just edges it but there'll be plenty football fans out there rival fans that wish they had at least a barnsey in their history but we were fortunate enough to have barnsey Saleh, rushy ian callahan the list goes on fowler torres even in my era i know he's not quite up there but he was a very talented player anyway even the list goes on um whenever generation from the 70s to the 80s the early Northies as well. There were still legends at this football club. We just didn't be start supporting the club in 2011. Uh, like I say, in club down the road anyway. But um, they've, they've, they've got not got many legends of the um, in the, but a lot more in the modern era. But yeah, the Hablet Salah, as Nigel's just alluded to there. What staggers me the most, and Nigel, you were correct. He's got three golden boots. I think he is that. I think that might draw him level with Thierry Henry, or slightly one behind. Not too sure, but he, he's ridiculous, and I'm pretty sure he's got a couple of more golden boots to come anyway. Um, but what when you're reading out those stats, mate? What I find most remarkable is his assist total haul as well. He's not just a goal scorer, he's a provider as well. And and that just goes into show his mentality of, of a player as well. He's not of course he could have had an extra ten goals within those seasons if he was a lot more greedy. We can think of certain players in the Premier League that would do that. <coughs> that again. Um but yeah it's it's all about creating really for Salah and being a team player. And that just embodies Everton not just in the Jurgen Klopp system, but as Liverpool Football Club as well. And for all the stuff he, stuff he does, he's an ambassador for the Egypt and obviously all the work he does off the pitch, similar to Sadio Mane as well. The, he is, we'll run out with superlatives, but he's not too not too bad for a six-season wonder anyway. But no, keep on smashing it, lads. Um, and I know for the fact... He'll bring us back to the top of the game in the next couple of years anyway, and he'll be at the forefront of it. Excellent stuff. And and, and, and Nigel, what, what about you? Who would you who would you pick in your five-a-side team? John Barnes, 
or Mohamed Salah? You could only pick one. Wow. It's oh, a tough oh. one, isn't it? Let, let us know in the chat as well. If I'd, you I'd have to pick more because I'd be playing Kenny behind him. Kenny Doggies walked into my any team I have. If it's a two-man team, Kenny Doggies should be on my team. <laughs> my, my favourite player of all time. So Excellent. he's in every team. But I, I just, no, not saying that Kenny and John Barnes couldn't think, couldn't dovetail, but just for goals scored and the amounts of goals scored, got to be more. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go with, with Mo Salah over John Barnes, which I never thought I would say, um, because he's just that good and we're so lucky and in yesterday's game against nottingham forest yesterday as we're recording this um there was just a moment i remember we, we squandered a chance in the first half and it's it's one of those ones where uh, it was diogo Jota who it, it was a header wasn't it and at the back post a free header and it went wide and he should have scored he's about two yards out um but mo salah was running off the 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 back post basically he was running towards the back post and he got around the back of the the central defender and had Diogo Jota squared the ball Mohamed Salah would have been there for a tap in and I think we've missed this player since Coutinho with the vision to pick out Mo Salah because he does that every time he's got the best movement of any inside forward or winger that i've ever seen because he's always there he always times his runs to perfection i don't know it's it's beautiful to watch um i want to talk about um yesterday's match uh and let's start with diogo jota because uh diogo i'm going to share some stats on, on screen from whoscored.com Diogo Jota, last game, he scored two goals against Leeds United and his passing accuracy was 66%. And we were all saying, because we saw it, he was off, especially in the first half against Leeds, in terms of keeping the ball. He ended up with two goals and an assist and who scored gave him man of the match. Again, they give him man of the match here, 817 rating out of 10 but his passing accuracy yesterday was 92.6 percent chuck that's astounding to go from 66 to 92 in the course of one match are we suddenly seeing a rebirth of diogo the poacher and diogo who's now intelligent enough to keep the ball despite being surrounded by forest thugs being in a forest of thugs yeah it's he's what is he age of 25 26 jota he's it's probably if you'd asked diogo one of the biggest facets of his game that he massively needs to improve and i'm pretty sure klopp would say it himself and even diogo himself as well but if you can add that extra element to his game we're obviously analyzing gap cozy gap pro playing him through the middle but it just adds an extra element to the game as they allude to top of the podcast you got the four uh, like four or five attackers liverpool have got they all bring something very different and you absolutely hit the nail on the heads there though and as i said we we massively have missed diogo's movements it's it's you can't teach that. You listen to like Sir Alan Shearer and the legends of the game, even if you listen to Rushy, certain players are born with that natural gift in terms of just knowing exactly where they, where they are on the pitch. And I think that's an element of the, the, the game Jota is good at. 
the, the most frustrating thing with me is just his injuries last season, even this season. Um, and I was on record, I'd agree with it, Owen, um, before obviously the two back-to-back doubles. If he kept on getting these injuries, potentially Liverpool, potentially looking to sell him if he couldn't keep that consistent run of form. But when Jota plays like he did over the last two weeks, he's undroppable. But it begs the question, if you've got an informed Jossie, you've got an informed Darwin News, but that's what helps. You look at Manchester City, they're bringing Riyad Mahrez on yesterday off the bench, and it's like, oh, what a game Mahrez is. It's great when you can bring on 50, 60 million pounds bench players, um, and then they cry, oh, it's the underdogs. <laughs> but Liverpool, for a strong Liverpool for next season, Jota, Diaz, Nunes, Salah, as well, we'll miss Bobby, but I'm pretty sure we'll bring someone in in the next two years to to add to the elements, or someone within the youth setup might potentially step up, even uh, an Elliot in a different position. We we don't know, but yeah, he's a very special player, mate. And for every top side, you don't need one, two, you need four, five, six attackers first and foremost. And if Liverpool get our midfield sorted, that's half of the job for next year. Because if we keep all our lads fit and Jossa, he's at the heart of it. We'll have every, every opportunity. We've seen that last year in the cup competitions, terrorising Arsenal as he does best. And, uh, yeah, continue with Diogo. And, uh, yeah, if you can just improve that um, quality in terms of his passing accuracy. But I'll tell you what, there's not many 25-year-olds that are experts at their age anyway in terms of quite rare where you do find a player, especially in attack and fall, with that's got every element to the game. The... Yeah, very hard and in between to find anyway, but very positive to see, miss. It really is. It really is. And that 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 chest knee volley into the corner. What a finish. Absolutely terrific. We scored too many goals. And oh, yeah, the, well. sorry? That's left foot. Left foot as well. Yes, exactly, exactly. And also I love the uh, from the Fabinho header, the the poachers finish as well. I mean, they're they're really satisfying those ones. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, Diogo Jota. Question is, Nigel, because uh, Gary in the chat, he's talking about Darwin Nunes, his favourite Darwin, not just his favourite, many people's favourite. Um, you know, Gary said that Nunes is a, a live wire. His heat map is bloody bonkers. That's what Gary's saying. And I don't doubt it. I haven't seen that heat map, but uh, I'm sure you're right, Gary. Absolutely. Um, but the question is, with, with Diogo Jota, back on form nigel and by the way let me just say i'm sorry because i've said in the last two uh that uh, you know i we should sell him uh now definitely keep him there you go i'm flip-flopping flip-flopping more than you know on 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 a beach in brazil uh and uh yeah so i don't mind like uh, <laughs> it's what i do and um yeah nigel who would you play up front how can you can you start darwin by dropping jota or gakpo and of course you're not dropping mo or would you change the system a bit to, i don't know what do you think nigel well all for horses for horses for courses and all that but i saw uh somebody asking yesterday what does darwin nunes have to do to start well for darwin nunes to start he look, need look no further than our number 20. he needs absolute consistency when we what we got last year and the year before with jota was consistency he's he's there all the time He's doing that, what he did yesterday, a lot of the time. Um, Darwin needs... Now, I, I love Darwin. I think he's going to be absolutely brilliant for us. But he needs... like 
I saw something someone saying today about Klopp um, saying that when when Bobby goes, Gakpo is going to be his replacement, and that um, I have no problem with that at all. I think we had this discussion the other night about Gakpo being a kind of a linear player, plays kind of a little bit different than Bobby. Has a few nice little touches as well, but it's slightly different to Bobby. But will lead a line for you. You remember that Jota had, Jota can do that too, but Jota is better as a kind of a little bit more kind of Roman Osh a man. We Darwin, Darwin has to, to find consistency, like consistency of a position maybe, and consistency of uh, not so much the opposition knowing what he's going to do, but our players knowing what he's going to do. Um, you know, you knock the ball into a place and you have a fair idea that Jota or Gakpo are going to do the job. But you see, the same as I said earlier on, you watched Jota yesterday pointing at Robbo where to put the ball for that goal, uh, the chest, knee, volley one. He was pointing at Robbo where to put the ball. Awareness is all important. And that's what Darwin Nunes needs to get. More awareness. Because the other two have it. And Mo has it. Very good point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Um, but Darwin, I mean, he's still he's still a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he, he looks like a little bit like he's overthinking, which is a little bit of a worrying sign uh, at the moment. Uh, but uh, I'm sure it will all come good uh, in the end. Um, yesterday... Uh, I mean, so it finished three two. The shot maps are on this on the screen now. Um, Liverpool had, um, I believe, it was something around about fourteen shots in the box. Around about there, maybe a few more. I don't know. There were too many to count for the moment. Uh, but um, if you actually look at them, uh, there's in the thirty fourth minute, in no particular order, just from 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 in the order from which they appeared in the box. So basically starting from shooting on the right of the box as we're attacking, Mo Salah had a shot from a corner in the 34th minute. They're all from corners. And they were, Cody Gakpo had one from open play. Virgil had one from a corner. Uh, well, and then I'll keep going. Cody Gakpo from a corner. Henderson from open play. Okay. Darwin Nunes from a set piece. Salah from a set piece. Jota from a set piece. Jota from a corner. Conate from a set piece. Diogo Jota from a set piece. Diogo Jota from open play. And there were only three of them because I counted yesterday. Only three out of the, uh, I think, 14 shots were from open play. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get better, but it's hard against a low block team. So my question is, like, we got West Ham next; they're gonna sit low as well, and we need to be better at breaking them down. Is a midfield of Fabinho, Henderson, and Curtis Jones the right midfield for you to break teams down in open play? Because West Ham are not gonna be as generous as as Nottingham Forest from set pieces, surely. West Ham, as we know, land of giants, they're all about six foot three. Um, <laughs> thankfully, they got rid of Dawson in the summer. But yeah, it's probably one of the most frustrating factors when I've watched Liverpool over the last couple of years. Um, brings you back to the uh, probably, I bet we've probably scored the most from set plays. I know last year we have, we were up there anyway. It, it's an element of a game that I think massively does sometimes get overlooked by a large majority of the Premier League teams out. <laughs> It presents you as a team with probably the best opportunity, really, apart from a free kick. If you got, if you get uh, one of your centre halves, or just get in the end of it, if you can, um, fortunate enough for Liverpool, we've got Robbo, Trent, we've got a couple of players with good deliveries. But how many times have we watched? <laughs> There's not a much, not a much more frustrating as a football fan 
seeing someone hit the first post on a on a on a corner. It, it's the <laughs> it does my head in. But if you can do, we got it absolutely spot on yesterday, and that's what it was. I mentioned Sheffield United when we played them. Prime Burnley, Stoke as well. It's an element of a game that Liverpool, especially going in um, this week on uh, midweek against West Ham, we need to be in tip-top form. Look at Declan Rice off the back of a 3-0 win today, West Ham. So, they'll be typical West Ham coming into this game with a lot of confidence. So are we, in all honesty, two back-to-back results. But we know our job that we need to do. It's not going to be easy, but I'd agree there, though. And we need to, but in terms of build-up play, yes... But sometimes just decision-making this season has let Liverpool down. Um, not going to pick out individual players, but it's we know the cards that we've been dealt this year. But uh, it, we do need quality in terms of ball-playing midfielders, breaking that line, carrying that ball. Uh, I think it was important that we needed Gakpo and we're playing Gakpo through the middle or potentially in a 10 position for Liverpool. Um, whether that be behind Nunes long-term, I think that's an Definitely an element that Liverpool would definitely be analysing in the summer because um, he's fully capable of doing that. He's done that with Holland as well. Played a lot of his time for PSV Gakpo down the left. But for me, after, we're recording this off the back of a Brighton um, FA Cup semi-final loss. But I was watching McAllister today and just in between the lines, he's a player, him and Saizedo, a player of that ilk really that gets the ball, pirouettes past about two or three players. I think, and if it is to be true that Liverpool are having a look at McAllister for the summer, you can absolutely understand why his, his press, when he's getting pressed by about three, four Manchester United players today, or even in the league when we played him, he's exceptional at that. Receive, receiving the ball in tight areas and then spinning on, that's uh, an element of Liverpool's game that we really struggle with especially over the last couple of months. Um, and, of course, it's an area of Liverpool need to improve, mate. But, yeah, I'm confident going to West Ham, mate, of course. We've just got to build a bit more momentum. It's not going to be easy, but historically, we've got a good record um, at the Olympic Stadium. So, all looking good, mate. We've got enough firepower. And, uh, yeah, just even if we need to unleash Darwin Nunes, I love him. I absolutely love him. He's got everything. Of course, he's immature, he's 23, but what you want and what you want to see is the hunger from him. Um, yeah, yeah, I was in the ground against Palace, but every player's done that. Um, he's frustrated at himself, and as Jürgen Klopp said this summer in, in an interview, he just needs to calm down, and that's what he needs to do. When he gets in the penalty area, that goal against Newcastle was exceptional. The goal against Leeds, that's his quality. When he just arms it, takes one step, goal. He'll score bagfuls of goals. I'm fully expecting that, mate. But yeah, if we need to unleash him against West Ham, well, let's have it. <laughs> let's have it indeed. I mean, you, Nigel, you were saying horses for courses before. Is this one where you want the the brawn and the and the bravado and the and, and the absolute uh, you know the the kooky wildness of of Darwin Nunes, or are you going for the the intelligence? box of Diogo Jota. Uh, if we play the same way that we played uh, the last two games, it had to be Jota starting anyway. Uh, I just think we, <clears throat> particularly in the two fourth halves of both games, too much sideways again. Like we're, we're creating, like the forwards are starting runs. Like they can run all day. The ball's back 30 yards in, in our half. You know, uh, we, we've got to be more progressive. Now saying that, I, like, I, I, 
I'd love it to try only two up front and one pushing on from the wing and four, a four four two or something like that, or even a three five two. Just like just pull two men into the middle or something like that for a, for a try or something like that. It gets very very frustrating. We're going back the whole time. And then we're getting we're losing the ball and we're a man shy in the middle because we've got we've got the three car up front and we've been caught on the ball with the right three in the middle and we keep getting jumped on in the middle of the field. Um uh I, I think I, I if I was going to spring a, a kind of an unpredictability, I'd bring Diaz more rather rather than Nunes um because of his ability to carry. I know I know Darwin <laughs> I know Darwin can carry a ball as well, but I'm not sure he can hold on to it as well as 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 Lucho can. Get him if you can get our players, Mo, Lucho, uh, Diogo, running at the West Ham player. Get the ball into their feet. Get the West Ham defenders turning. Now we've got a serious chance because I don't care how big they are. If we start getting the ball in behind their fullbacks and getting it across the box, they won't cope with that. You know, we we need to be progressive. We cannot keep the sideways football going. It's it's just not possible. We're, we 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 catch ourselves out more often than we catch the opposition if we play that. If we play playing. If we play, say the ball comes to Henderson, controls the ball, looks takes a touch, looks, takes another touch. That's at least one touch too many, if not two. There's got to be fluidity in our team. That was a, a word that was used a couple of weeks ago. Fluid, fluid. I like it. But my friend Dave in Germany was, I think, when we're fluid, we're at our best. When we're like uh, molasses in winter, no, <laughs> not great. <laughs> yes, absolutely, yes. Um, totally, yeah. We don't want to be that 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 uh, solid stuff. No, absolutely, none of this, none of this stuff. Uh, absolutely, um, West Ham, West Ham. How are they going to attack us? Right. If you have a look at whoscored.com, they got some interesting uh, stats, uh, team statistics for West Ham. Um, you can see from open play the kind of goals they score from open play. Fifty-two percent of them are from uh, open play. Twenty-four percent are from set pieces 18 percent are from penalties and they've only scored one goal on the counter-attack all season and because they've only scored 33 goals this season that represents three percent of their goals so they've scored and one own goal as well they've benefited from but they've scored one counter-attack goal that tells me jack that i was right and I'm often wrong when I said a couple of seasons ago that we should not sign Jared Bowen after his long injury because he's clearly lost his pace. He was the guy a couple of seasons ago who would lead the charge always with Antonio. They're, they seem to have slowed down a lot, unfortunately, because they're two absolutely marvellous players. Um, but the danger for them is basically they still attack if you look at it how they attack as well i'll just show you that on the screen they attack down each side so it's it's 39% down the left 38% down the right and only 23% down the middle so jack their their danger is going to be on the wings but not on the counter attack um so i don't know they scored three though today against bournemouth how did they manage that i don't know um or four was it four? Four? I don't. I didn't even see the final score. Yeah, Nigel's like Nigel's holding up a hand with four. Wow. Okay. So they went crazy, goal mad today, Jack. But they surely won't do that against us unless we can't defend set pieces again. <laughs> Story love a full season, mate. Isn't it? Hey, we 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 take two steps forward and then three steps back. But I'm, I'm being positive. I'm open. I've got quite a lot of West Ham mates. In terms of when I do my social media as well, and I've been watching their shows all year, and that's not just Liverpool. We've been as Liverpool fans, we've been pulling out our hair. They've been 
and pulling every strand of their hair off. Like it's it's been de- de- deeply disappointing from them. You look at Lucas Paqueta coming in from uh, Olympic Leonese. He's not really hit the ground running, obviously getting a goal today against Bournemouth. But when you analyse or if you watch match the day tonight or tomorrow, it's stereotypical of the statistics that will be happening midweek. You look at the ball retention for for Bright uh, for Bournemouth, sorry, today, 65% of the ball and and West Ham created probably the most chances they've created all season with 18 shots, 10 shots on target. So that is massive in stark contrast with what they've performed this season. And uh, I wouldn't surprise me. I'm not seeing the goals for the West Ham today, but I'm anticipating there might be the odds break away. But uh, it's it's the, the 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 obvious threat as West Ham is always the case. Antonio will be up for it anyway. But and Declan Rice, Suchek has probably been one of their worst performers this season. For I was in the ground for his very first game um, a couple of years ago when he come in from. Uh, well, uh, Belgrade, I think he come from anyway. Him and Kufal um, had a great fair from season. The, from, from the Czech League. Yeah, yeah the Czech League. Yeah, the mm. Czech League. And he's not really hit the ground running. You'd think him and Rice would complement each other, but he's probably been one of the listening to all the pod, West Ham podcasts as they have this season. He's been a, a shadow of him as oneself. Um, and obviously, Cresswell getting an assist. Agard, obviously, I watched quite a lot of Morocco in the World Cup. He was in and out due to injury, but. He's probably one of the most impressive centre-halves. If he can stay fit in the next couple of years, I think West Ham will really struggle to keep hold of him. But yeah, Declan Rice. I know there's the debate between Liverpool fans. Would you take him? Um, I think he'd certainly improve Liverpool. But uh, from by listening to the West Ham fans, I think he's got a year left on his contract. He would come for a, a big fee. But he's got everything that Liverpool currently do miss. He's got legs, his attitude first and foremost. And as you alluded to there, lads, in terms of Liverpool, as Nigel was saying, the, the inability to really skip past one or two players, Declan Rice has certainly got that in, in in abundance, really, of breaking the line, got a goal as well. And, and the character, what I like most about Declan Rice, he, he's a player that speaks probably too much of his mind at certain moments, but he's still a young lad. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if you went to a Manchester United or another club in the Premier League, or probably Chelsea. Um, they'll buy anyone, even our, all our nans at this rate, if, the, if you've got a release clause. Um, <laughs> Who would yeah. play better, yes. Okay. Yeah, probably, uh, probably our nans, especially for the Chelsea Football Club at the minute. Um, yeah, Declan Rice, I like him as a player. He divides Liverpool fans when you, when you speak about him, but... It'll be interesting to see what your thoughts is on on, on Declan. I, I think he's really good, Declan Rice. I've got his stats on screen there. He's he's got eighty seven point two percent passing accuracy, which is the first thing that I, I look for in midfielders. They need to be able to keep the ball super well for Liverpool. We don't want to keep giving the ball away, and uh, you know, so so high up the pitch because we play so high up. If we give the ball away in midfield then we're in big trouble, you know, for a breakaway. So he's in the 87th percentile with 87.2% passing, which is really, really good. He's good at bringing the ball forward. Uh, he's in the 87th percentile for that. He's in the, but it's defensively that it's that his main thing. You know, his tackles, he's in the 63rd percentile. Interceptions, the 96th percentile. 
Blocks 52nd, clearances 92nd, aerials 167th. He's, he's, he does well with all of the defensive parts. I think we could do better than Declan Rice. I, he's not particularly athletic or anything, but something like his interceptions is something we badly miss. Curtis Jones, for example, his interceptions, he's in the first percentile. I don't remember a single time when I saw Curtis Jones intercepting the ball. Think about it. You've never seen it too, because it doesn't happen. He's it, it, Everybody in Europe, every midfielder in Europe is better than him at it, which is something he's definitely got to get better at. Curtis is really, really good going forward. He's much better than Declan Rice going forward, according to the stats. Um but yeah, to have that defensive solidity, I think we could do better, but he's a really, really good player. Nonetheless, I would be happy if we signed him, but not for more than 60 million uh, maximum. How, well, what do you reckon about Declan Rice, Nigel? Yeah, uh, I'd be I'd be loath to pay anything over that myself. Um, but the, see, the problem is England international, and that's going to be the issue. You can nearly put a hundred million on. You can put a hundred million fee on him at least because he's an English international. Um, Curtis Jones, you were just saying about Curtis Jones. That isn't his game. Curtis Jones is a kind of a creative midfield player, number ten type of player. If you can get me drift, because. He just, I, I just don't think you can slot him into a midfield. I like Curtis. I think he'll be, I thought he was very, very good against Leeds. But yesterday really wasn't his game. Really, really wasn't his game. That was the one who's trying to crying out for a, a guy who can, now, I'm not saying Curtis. Curtis is good at carrying a ball. But as, as I said in the previous, we were doing too much sideways yesterday. Look when we actually start going forward. The, the first goal against Leeds, he gives a lovely little flick outside to Diogo Jota. It's actually, no, it's, it's the second goal. It's Mo's goal. Mo's first goal. He gives a lovely little back flick out to, out to, uh, out to Jota and uh, that's where you want him on the edge of the box inside the box create not trying to look for a pass control the control the ball look up another touch look up another touch look up another touch it's not his game not his game it, it just it, no, it, it's none of our lads games to be perfectly honest all these all the guys I know there's a lot of giving out about Henderson and stuff like that and these floaty balls into the box are, but that's that's all coming from that as well you know I've seen Henderson play some great balls into the box some absolutely superb stuff but we know what we're going to get we're going to get low block it's up to us to break these guys down and the way, the way we're going to do it is if we can try and push on a little bit more um, yeah, as, as far as Signing a midfield player, um, I do like Casado. I have to say, I do like Casado. I think for his age and his ability and his size, you know, that had to be taken into consideration as well. He's he's a big, he's a big lad. Um, McAllister, a very very good player, uh, but he's like he's like a kind of a Shakiri type, so to speak. Creative, you know, he can he can unlock people as well. That's um, that could be. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a sign in both of those. And actually, for to us looking at a team for maybe Wednesday night, I would think I think I might try Thiago. For the creativity, yes, yes, I, I, I would too. Um, I really would too. Um, maybe Harvey Elliott, Nigel, not starting, not starting. Not starting. So, okay, not let's 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 try and let's try and all agree on it. Okay, oh, so in goal, uh, Adrian, no, of course, Alison, <laughs> in goal, Alison Becker, Alison Ramesses Becker, lest we forget, um, right back, inverted wing back, um. Trent, um, Virgil, of course, Conate, of course, uh, Robertson, of course. 
the number six Fabinho because we've only got one. Yeah, go Fabinho. I know yep. is that is that records? Does he if he does he get a suspension if he gets another yellow or was that? Yeah, last he week? gets a suspension if he gets another yellow. That's what I heard. He gets a yeah. two match suspension if he we gets another Spurs yellow. Sorry, Spurs on Sunday. Spurs on Sunday. Yeah, well, of course. Spurs. I mean, I don't mind playing Spurs. Roll the nans out against Spurs. It's fine. I I wear the six on Sunday against Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Fair enough. Yeah, me too um but yeah uh so okay but fabini we're gonna play him we're going yeah we need the okay. height we need we fab. need the height yeah very good yeah we need the height next to him tiago then as yep. one of the eights yep. and the third midfielder even though he's small i'm gonna play harvey Elliott, but you guys don't you don't agree who would you henderson. play as the third one henderson henderson yep. for you nigel okay jack you got the casting vote henderson or harvey Elliott, and why hendo yes just due to the west ham maybe the, the the technical the, i think Elliott, of course he hasn't what we've seen with hendo in the last couple of weeks probably going under the radar because it doesn't fit people's narratives of course people when we spoke about hendo's on the ball but his tactical understanding with this new slight tweak of the system i think henderson in recent weeks he's gone under the radar with his in-game understanding and his tactical understanding uh he done really well uh yesterday so i play hendo Nigel is having a panic attack in the chat. Great to have you with us, Nigel. He says, oh, my God, no, with plenty of O's. Trent in midfield. And that's a good idea. I've got the stats for Jordan Henderson on the screen. And in the defensive stats of tackling, interceptions, blocks, clearances and aerials, he's absolutely awful. So even though he's six foot something tall, his aerials are in only the 10th percentile. He only wins the te like uh, 0.3 headers per match. So he's awful at winning at defending set pieces. He doesn't get his head on anything. But I think Nigel's got a good point here because you can play, presumably, Nigel, you're playing Gomez at right Gomez, back yeah. and Trent in the eight. And I think he's onto something. I think Nigel is onto something there because you got Gomez, who, again, isn't great at heading. I'll bring it his stats up as well whilst, whilst I'm here on fbref.com. But Joe Gomez, um, his, his heading stats, I'll be able to tell you in a moment, they've got to be better than Jordan Henderson's. There you go. He's in the 78th percentile for all defenders. He wins 2.57 headers per 90. So Joe Gomez put Joe Gomez at right back, Trent in midfield with Thiago and Fabinho. I like it. I like it, Nigel. Um, let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about that, guys. I, I'm going with Nigel. What do you the reckon, Jacket? Yeah, yeah, the other Nigel, Nigel in the chat, Nigel. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I agree with, with Jack what he was saying. It's just a little bit of leadership in there. Um, okay. I, I think Jordan Henderson doesn't win as many headers because he's normally kind of running around around the ball if you get if you get me drift uh and he's not in a position in a, in, a, in a stuck position to go in there and try and win headers rather than someone say sitting in a six. Jordan Henderson doesn't sit. Yes, but 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 this includes set pieces, Nigel. Yeah, oh I know, I understand that. I do mm. understand it's... that. <laughs> No, you spot on there. Both Nigels, you spot on. It's going to be interesting. I think all of us are waxing lyrical of the summer window. We've all got our fingers crossed. But a massive facet that everyone's been mentioning a, a full back, back and play centre half. We've seen it with John Stones transitioning, Zinchenko with Arsenal as well. 
a lot of teams around Europe, Barcelona playing a, a three-back system, even though they play four. It is the thing. Look at the, all the Italian teams, the three. Play three-back, five-back in defence as well. It will be interesting. And the main player that springs to mind for everyone, it's, it's going to be interesting down that left or the right. It's getting a, a full-back that can play centre-half, but is that got that ability to manoeuvre in and around... Um, the pitch from a defensive point of view it helps if we can get that more mobile capable midfielder alongside Trent if we are playing him continuous going into next season in that six because that just eradicates quite a lot of our issues that's one facet that Henderson used to have his mobility in and around the pitch his engine um if we had a 25 year old Henderson we'd be sound but Endo's 23, how old he is now, but if we can complement, it's going to be an interesting window. For me, I'd be looking at a, a left-sided centre-half or right-centred centre-half that can play left or right-back. But as you alluded to there, lads, Gomez, potentially, he ticks that box. Will we see it next year? I don't think we will, but it's great that we've got that option going forward. I'm playing him in midfield. I, I don't. I, I. I see the point about Henderson and his leadership, and and you're absolutely right about going forward, buying a, a right back who can play at centre back. We need another centre back for when um for when Konate is 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 injured, and we need someone with legs. We need the legs in midfield. Yes, Gravenberch, Sangare is very good as well. Ibrahim Sangare, and uh, Kefren Turam worth a go. All of them are six foot two, six foot three. All of them are going to cost in the region of 30, 40 million, you would think. And so that means all three of them are absolute bargain. You buy all three of them. If two of out of three work out, then you have really solved a lot of the midfield problems for 90 million. Um, yeah, I think we're going to more or less leave it with a beautiful picture of Trent that I've just found uh, from the internet on, on on our screens. But is there anything else you would like to mention? I'm sure there's lots that I would like to have mentioned that I. I've just uh, just as we're on air, air mm -hmm. knowing or when this podcast uh -huh. to get recorded for everyone. Supposedly on Twitter this evening, not to believe everything you see on Twitter. <laughs> But uh -huh. rumours circulating is that Bruce Dortmund potentially looking to give Jude Bellingham a new contract, but to keep him at the club for an, uh, another year, but it will have an £80 million release clause. And it was rumoured that there was rumour of a Liverpool bid this, well, the last 12 months. But Liverpool have supposedly been in contact and we did offer supposedly £85 million, But Bellingham, but we'll find out. We'll it'll probably move to Real Madrid or Man City, Bellingham. But... If he does sign that, I tell you what, that's a it's one to. The, 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 what is, where, uh, hang on, where, where does this rumor come from, Jack? I think the Telegraph, uh, one of the Telegraph correspondents, anyway. But um, it's probably another, another. I'm trying to find it here, but it's quite rife at the minute on Twitter. Um, but it's probably not an, of not really, but it's probably something to look after the future. Um, oh, Jack Talbot um, of the. The time sports the guy yeah he's done work for the te telegraph as well so told brucey dortmund he wanted to join liverpool this summer so probably interesting to see really mate in terms of the next couple of months but that that drew bellingham will continuously be linked with liverpool but um getting obviously scored in the first goal at the weekend jude in a title race 
um, putting Borussia Dortmund top of the Bundesliga. But yeah, it, it's it's one to look out for, mate. Um, in all honesty, very interesting. Very mm. interesting. If 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 he will, if he's got his heart set on Liverpool and signing a new contract with Dortmund to stay with him for an extra year, will keep Dortmund happy and make it happen. Then I can be patient. I've been patient all this season to wait for him because we've been looking at you know some profiles of 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 midfielders. And but if you just looked at Jude Bellingham's stats, they are all off the charts, as they say. Um, yes, uh, more off the charts than status quo. Nigel, we did that with a few players. If, if you look back, yes, we did, we did it with patient. Yes. It worked out well with Nabi Keita, didn't it? No comment. We did it with a few players. We did it with a few players. And Nabi Lad, when he played, bless him, he played really well. Um, anyway, thank you very much, guys. Uh, Nigel, is there anything else you would like to add in particular? No, no don't think there's okay. anything. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, guys, for, for joining me. Thank you to everybody in the chat. We've had Doug and Gary and Nigel and loads of people in the chat. We've, you know, thank you to, to Andrew Quinn and to Gary Richards, of course. Talio, we had, yeah, of course, he was here earlier. Great to have you with us. A 1980 LFC and Jamie. Wow. Uh, thank you to all of you for joining us. And of course, to you, the listener, wherever you might be, you know, who, wherever you are, I found myself because I'm I'm now a friend of the Chateau of Fontainebleau. Uh, so that means I get a card because I paid money. That means I can get in as much as I want all year. So I went back and I was in Napoleon's bedroom the other day looking at his like really pompous furniture thinking my god that man's insane but listening to a nice football podcast so i don't know where you listen to your podcast if it's in napoleon's bedroom or if it's somewhere else but thank you you are very very much uh loved and adored and we will see you soon so take care all of you and you'll never walk alone thank you so much <laughs>